0: Hi, Pete. This is Nick Perkel from WMSC. How's it going today?
1: Hello, hello. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm at home. Taking it easy.
0: I've read that um, your band, Blood Tsunami, you come up with uh, four songs for an EP. Uh, care to talk about uh, each song for a minute?
1: It's actually quite new, new songs, so they haven't got any uh, proper titles yet. Kind of like uh, tossing some lyrics back and forth. So they <laughs> haven't got titles yet, but it's uh, four songs. Actually, we got eight songs, but we're gonna record four of them and just uh, see what we're what we sound like in 2011. <laughs> we haven't done anything since 2009, so so I guess it will be a bit different than the other stuff. A little harder faster, uh, more straight to the point, maybe, at least those four songs. In the past, we had, like, you know, 5 minutes intros with a bunch of riffs before the vocals started, but now we try to cut it more down to the bones and keep it simpler, but still aggressive, if you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> Would you say that um, these four songs are um, probably going to end up, Like an LP in the future and maybe also those other four songs uh, might end up uh, on your next album too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The four songs we're going to record now, that's more or less just for our own personal interest, just to hear it. More like a pre-production, so to say. But if it sounds good, we're going to release it as a, I don't know, first off just as a demo or maybe an EP if it sounds good. So, it's just like a test drive, <laughs> just to see what, if the songs are, are good enough to be released. So, it sounds good when you rehearse them, so, but it's something else when you record them, always.
0: Would you say fans should expect a, a new Blood Tsunami EP later this year or next year?
1: Ah, oh, probably next year. Yeah, I don't think we'll have the time to release it during this year. The year... We finish so fast you know <laughs> suddenly it's a new year so I think 2012 would be uh, be the year for the album
0: would you say like maybe first half of the year or second half of uh next year
1: yeah depends a little bit Depends on uh, on labels because we're not on Candlelight anymore, uh, so we are out looking at other labels and we got some a couple that are interested, but so we haven't signed anything yet. So that's also what we're going to use the four-track demo to go fishing for labels. Uh, like I said, some are interested, but uh, we still don't know yet who we're going to go for. So it's very difficult to give you any this release time or in months but uh hopefully first during springtime i hope (laughs) that's my wishes
0: (laughs) i saw on your 04 and 05 demos there were some songs that never made it onto trash metal or grand feast songs obsessed with death stabbed to death and suicide anthem
1: yeah that's right
0: in the future you might put out those songs on a future album of yours
1: Actually, the one you mentioned there, Stabbed to Death, We that's on uh, the first album. It just got a new title it's called uh, Torn Apart on uh, the debut album. So that's actually the same song, just with uh, slightly different lyrics. Not much different, but a little bit different. And um, for uh, Suicide Anthem, we always liked that song, but we always felt that uh, it was too soft for the band, actually, because that's the only time we ever tried uh, clean vocals. Um, yeah, uh, You probably heard that one. It sounds good, but it d- didn't feel quite right to have clean vocals in the band, so they just put it on hold. But I still like the song, though. It just sounds like a different band, in my ears, at least. <laughs> but uh, maybe sometime. Uh, there are labels that I've been asking about that song, too. So some guys want to release it as a single, and we said yeah, do whatever you want with it, but nothing had happened so far. So maybe... <laughs> and uh, Suicide Anthem was also released as a bonus track on a digital single, the Castle of Skulls single on, um, on iTunes. So it's actually released, but not in a proper format.
0: <laughs> Just wondering, would you ever have any interest in Japanese label putting out any of your albums?
1: Absolutely, I would love to have the albums out in in yeah, Japan in Asia all over the place and uh, I, I guess Candlelight had some good importers there, but uh, I don't know if they are available at all but um, of course I'd love to to play in Japan and I, I want the albums to be out there. I think the japan uh, metal crowd would like the band. Some some diehards metalheads <laughs> uh, down there have already, already noticed us, so we get on some mails now and then, and there's, there are interested people down there.
0: Uh, I'm thinking to, like, Japanese CDs myself, like, I'd imagine something like maybe Spiritual Beast Records or maybe, like, uh, King Records might be up for, like, putting out your stuff. It's just, like, the sound of your band would totally fit, like, on their label.
1: Yeah, Put me in touch with to them. <laughs>
0: What kind of things are important for you when you're picking out your next bassist for no
1: tsunami? That's um, that's a tough one. <laughs> now, I don't know, you gotta you gotta be able to play of course and it, you gotta be a cool guy or Jake, I don't care, but you've gotta be a cool person to hang around with, you know, when you're stuck in a bus or a van for for days or weeks on tour and in studio and whatever, you gotta find some 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 person with um with good vibes, not some miserable low life, you know. Uh, that's the most important thing, and uh, and then you go on all this uh, songwriting skills or how the guy look on stage and all that. That's minor details actually, but it's important as well if you, yeah, cut it to the bone. <laughs> but uh, the most important thing is that uh, the person is someone we get along with. That's the most important thing. And beside um, that, all the other stuff is bonuses.
0: What kind of mindset do you need to be in uh, when you're writing uh, lyrics and music for your song?
1: Oh, that depends. Uh, I haven't any special songwriting mood, if you know what I mean. Just uh, words and sentences just uh, comes whenever you can be doing whatever, standing in the shower or hanging at the bar or whatever, going for a walk in the woods. uh, They come at all kinds of occasions and all kinds of places. So, I don't know. And um, the other band I play in is is, is a band we started just to, it's called Mongo Ninja, by the way. (laughs) And we just started that to have like, uh, like a garbage cannibal songs and riffs and lyrics that doesn't fit into Blood Tsunami, so so I get you know, songs about everything actually. Uh, you can write uh, happy songs or depressed songs or violent songs or just plain stupidity, you know. it's, it's uh, Everything is uh, allowed and uh, some of it uh, fits Blood Tsunami and some don't, but uh, from uh, from the first album to to Grand Feast, there was a big step, so lyric-wise. Uh, lyric uh, as the first album was more or less just plain death and violence all the time. <laughs> but on Grand Feast, it became a little more personal. and I uh, uh, yeah, like personal exorcism, that kind of uh, songs, and uh, One Step Closer to the Grave. That's kind of like very... Uh, personal lyrics and pretty dark, I guess, even though personal exorcism is, in a way, a positive song, because it's kind of like telling myself that I'm done being a, a fuck-up.
0: <laughs> How often do you find, like, when you're writing songs, like, let's say you're writing a song for, say, Blood Tsunami, or, like, maybe writing something for Mongo Ninja, you'll say to yourself, you know, this would just fit for the other band, like, if you ever poured over one song originally meant for one band and put it into the other?
1: Yeah, actually, because uh, when we started uh, this uh, Mongo Ninja band, it was Blood Tsunami was in a, yeah, we were in a quiet period, and um, so some of the songs on uh, some of the Mongo Ninja albums were originally meant to be Blood Tsunami songs, songs like... Uh, Shithead Convention and uh, Dead to Me and uh, a couple of others of the more trashier songs of Manga Ninja. That was originally meant to be Blood Tsunami songs, but I just threw them in there because we were, we were on a roll. <laughs> so we recorded and released uh, three albums in 12 months with Manga Ninja. <laughs> so it was very efficient at that time.
0: What was the inspiration for songs for your songs, Infernal, Final
1: Carnage, and
0: also Castle Skulls?
1: With Infernal, Final Carnage, that was just to I don't know, just have this uh, mass destruction, mass killing all put into one song. Like <laughs> I, I, I picture this uh, enormous army just wiping out everything, uh, basically. But um uh, when I think about it now, I wish I some of the older loves nano lyrics, I wish I had linked them up with uh, with actual events because, you know, uh worst thing has not happened, you know, in real life. So writing fiction isn't necessarily the most uh, doesn't necessarily have the most best effect. You see, like for example, Flayer's Angel of Death, that lyric wouldn't have the same impact if it wasn't are a true stories, you know what I mean. So I kind of regret that because a lyric like "Infernal, Final Carnage" could easily have been um, been about something from uh, World War One or Two, or you know, Rwanda or Japan's invasion of China, you know, whatever you know. So I wish I'd done that. Probably gonna do that in the future. For <laughs> um, so Castle Skulls, so that's more. It may seem similar, but that's more orientated to uh, the metal scene, like we're the, we're the real thing and <laughs> just wipe out all the posters. It's <laughs> so like, a, like a man of war uh, kind of <laughs> attitude, but uh, probably written with a more warlike uh, vibe to it. I don't know how to explain, but that's uh, the first line is fresh metal death squad. And, uh, so that's kind of like. inspiration for that song. Like, don't take no shit from posters.
0: (laughs) What is the Oslo metal scene like and what bands are you a part of right now?
1: Oh yeah, Uh, the Oslo metal scene is very vital. uh, A lot of good bands popping up all over the place and you still have the old bands going strong like, you know, Dark and Mayhem and Satyricon and all those kind of dinosaurs. But uh, there's a lot of good new bands as well, like Obliteration and uh, Necromancyon and uh, Force Head, Horse Head, and Whip. That's a good band. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of good bands. Gebel and Devil. It's, it's all from, you know, Doom to, to Black to Crust to Thrash Metal. Uh, plenty of bands. And it's the, the kids have started to play metal again, too, so that's a good thing. And uh, for my part, I'm, I'm a full-time member of Blood Tsunami and, uh, and Mongo Ninja. That's <laughs> that's my band now. But I, I, now and then I play with my uh, with, with an old band of mine called Hell Ride, and that's more like punk in the way, you know, voice mixed in motorhead style of music. I play with them every now and then. So... But my main focus is uh, Blood Tsunami, even though it's been quiet for, for quite, a, quite a while now.
0: What places in Europe are you planning on performing in once you've recorded your EP?
1: If you're going to tour for the, for the EP, we probably want to focus on England and uh, Germany first off. And. Uh, but for, uh, when we get a full album out, we're probably going to do like, more, more down south as well, Spain and Italy, and uh, probably some, some in Eastern Europe as well, Poland and uh, Slovenia and such countries. But first off, it's uh, important for us to play in, uh, in England and Germany. What's a typical day on the road like when you're on tour? That depends what kind of tour it is, if you got a nightliner or if you're doing a van tour, but it's, it's, it's basically, you know, a lot of driving, a lot of drinking, you know. It's uh, it's uh, boring to sit in a bus without drinking or parking non-stop, but can't do that for a week. So, kind of like, try to, try to take it easy during the day, but uh, after showtime, it's... Uh, yeah, get you know, a lot of alcohol going, <laughs> and we uh, don't get the time to see much actually. That's the bad side of touring because you enter a town and you you get your stuff to do. You know, load in, sound checking, get some food, maybe maybe a shower, and then show time. And after that, you just want to chill and get drunk and meet people. So you don't uh, don't get to see much. So each city. And that's a pity because I would like to see you stuff when you when we, for, for example, in Paris or London or Berlin. You want to see some sights, you know. You want to be a tourist as well every now and then. <laughs> so, but so I don't like to have a day off either. So it's kind of a like complex, it's a paradox because when you get a day off, you just spend a whole lot of money on on stupidity. So. But, uh, but still, you know, touring is great, and what we all love to do is to play live. That's what we want to do all the time. So Unfortunately, we haven't been able to tour very much because of, yeah, I'm a father, and Faust uh, is a father, so we've been kind of like busy with day jobs. Unfortunately, we don't live all this yet. We probably never will, but <laughs> anyway, we kind of like to do as much as we can, whenever we can.
0: Any wishes to ever tour America or Japan
1: Of course I would love to, to tour both places America and Japan uh, still haven't so that's one of the main goals for, for us at least for me um, I hope I hope our drummer will be able to get uh, to get into the US I don't know that for sure because he has a uh, yeah. He has a record, you know. He has a dark Mm -hmm. past, but he's a he's a good guy now. So, so um, I don't know. We gonna see, you know. Some Norwegian bands, Norwegian band, have problems getting members into the United States, like Emperor or Satyricon, or yeah, because of uh, yeah criminal pasts. Kids, you know, been done stupid things while they were teenagers, and that leaves marks. But uh, hopefully. If we get an offer of touring the United States and we will experience trouble at the border with our drummer, we're probably going to have a plan B and have a backup drummer, have a a guy waiting, (laughs) so we can be able to to do some shows. That's the plan we've been talking about.
0: What is something you feel you have not accomplished yet as a musician but wish to do?
1: Yeah, that's got to be uh, some, of, some of it, at least, played in, in uh, America and uh, South America and Japan. I always wanted to go there, and I would love to play there. So that's like that's, a, that's something I would like to do before I call it a day.
0: <laughs> now, when you perform in a concert, please describe like how it usually goes from like beginning to end.
1: Oh, from, uh, from getting, you mean, or from the end of the stage? Uh, like, once you're on
0: the stage, to, like, to
1: okay, like get yeah. off the stage. No, yeah, yeah, see, no, it's usually kind of like, it's a weird state, you got the, you got an intro going, and then you kind of, like, you get the right feeling, and when you, you go on stage, it always depends on the venue and the crowd, of course, but you always got to go on there and do your very best, it doesn't matter if it's thousands of people or two drunkards and a dog, you got to give your best anyway, so, the most important thing is to kind of like focus on uh, on having energy, and uh, that's uh, at some point that's almost as important as playing the music right. If you don't, if you lack energy, you're a boring band. So, um, try to keep you, you know. Keep the energy at the high levels. That's very important. And uh, don't be too drunk on stage. (laughs) That's also a very important thing. Um, Every musician learns that pretty fast, I guess. (laughs) And, you know, when we go on tour, we're so well rehearsed. So it actually goes by itself, more or less. You don't think much when you're on stage. At least I don't. I just do it, and I don't uh, have to... I don't have to think or contemplate much on stage. Just It's, it's rolling by itself, and uh, suddenly it's over. It's usually much quicker than you expect.
0: <laughs> Do you have any special traditions for when you play live?
1: Not much. Just uh, uh, warming up the fingers, warming up the voice a little bit. I don't do much warm-up anyway. I'm, I suck at that. I should be better. But uh, no, it's just like hanging with the guys. Not not not, not any special ritual <laughs> or <laughs> traditions, no. It's just like uh, telling each other to, to go for it. That's basically it.
0: What are some past concerts of yours that you're proud of?
1: There's a lot, I guess, but I can't... Pinpoint anyone exactly now. I guess the Infernal Festival back in 2007 that was a good one, and um, then we got a lot of good reviews in uh, in foreign press as well. So that was a good one. And uh, London in 2009 was, uh, I think, that was a good one too. It's always fun to come out of play outside of Oslo, but even though Inferno Festival is in Oslo, but still, it's kind of like felt like we were in another country because of all the tourists. <laughs> but uh, still, um, yeah, those two were amazing. Um, mostly because of the crowd, I guess. But I can't remember if we played extremely well or anything. It was just the energy, the feedback from the crowd. That's uh, the that's important thing, if I remember a concert or not what were
0: some of your favorite concerts that you've seen as a fan
1: as a fan oh shit that's uh, that's a long list the first concert i ever attended was uh, kiss <laughs> kiss in 1984 uh, so that was a highlight and iron maiden first time i saw them in 86 i'll always remember that and um some recent years i got a pick like uh, Nuclear Assault and Suicidal Tendencies, now recently, they played a couple of days ago. It <laughs> blew my mind. And um, the Melvins, Neurosis, Slayer, of course, Slayer, first time I saw them in 88, that was a life-changing experience, and uh, <laughs> oh, there's too many to mention. Um, I I love being at concerts, so I, I guess I'm at a, from two to three concerts every week. So there's a lot. Do you use a setlist like when you perform, though? Yeah, we do actually. At least when we play one-off, like one gig or a Friday, Saturday gigs, then we use a setlist. But if you tour like a week or a week or two or a month, you don't need that setlist after a while because you remember it, of course. But doing shows in weekends and stuff, then I'm going to have a list, because, yeah.
0: What are some things that cross your mind when you perform in a concert hall
1: that you're new to? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, if you notice, like, uh, things like how the catering is, is the backstage far away from the stage and all that kind of stuff, and you... You notice the, the in-house sound technician and how they work and how they react uh, to stuff we ask them and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but um, you also notice the mentality of, uh, of, the, of the people living in the country you're playing in. Uh, like if you play in, in Italy, they are you know way more nuts than if you play in a Scandinavian country where the people are more just yeah, laid back and watching. <laughs> so that's also something you notice very quickly if, if, if the crowd are, are going wild or if they are more yeah, laid-back. But so venue-wise or club-wise, you notice how the staff is working and how they react to you as, an, um, as a band. How they get treated, basically.
0: I've seen pictures of you wearing a T-shirt that has Gigi Allen's "Hated in the Nation" album on it.
1: You a big yeah, Gigi fan? Yeah, I would call me a big Gigi fan, but I but I like the like the guy. I like his personality so so way off, and uh, and I like um, pretty much of his music as well. Um, uh, but I I never I never was a big big Gigi Allen fan. There there's are other guys, in other bands that I like way more, but. But he's so, he's so, yeah, you know, crazy. He was <laughs> so crazy. So, so he kind of like uh, he's high, he's high up uh, on the list of you know people I sort of admire for their insanity <laughs> but, uh, and, I, and I love much of his music as well, uh, probably can't mention any song titles on uh, American radio I guess but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah J.J. Allen and the Murder Junkies and uh, uh, all, these, all these strange kind of bands but, um, but I'm more a fan of Uh, Other American punk bands like, you know, Black Flag or Misfits or Dead Candies, the Ramones, Dead Boys and that sort of stuff, music-wise. But for pure sharing sanity, he's he's one of a kind. He was one of a kind. Uh,
0: You dig any other punk, like uh, the Exploited and uh, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles?
1: Yeah, uh, I like uh, Exploited, the old stuff, uh, at least. I haven't paid much notice to what they're doing now. They're still touring, I know. But uh, the last album I actually bought with the Exploited was The Massacre, and that was at the end of the 80s, I think, where, when they started playing more metal kind of punk. Um, but I, I like the old Exploited albums, absolutely. And uh, D.R.I., I absolutely love D.R.I. Uh, that's, uh, that's a good band. I really like it.
0: Are you into uh, putting patches and pins onto vests?
1: Yeah, I am. <laughs> I got a few. kind of some leather jackets. I like patches and back patches. So, but I um, I don't spend much time on it. I, I got my jackets. Now and then I put on a new one if I find something extremely cool. But, but I like wearing it. So, it's... Um, yeah, it's a good thing, you know, when you get uh, going to a metal concert and you see like cool, cool jackets or vests uh, with a lot of obscure patches or or uh, rare patches. I, I like that. I really like that.
0: Are there any pins or patches of Blood Tsunami for sale?
1: We had uh, some pins, but uh, I think Cadillac made some patches um, back in 2008, but we haven't reprinted anything. We're probably going to do that now when we when we get a new album out. We're going to make a, a new line of merchandise. So it's about time. <laughs> we haven't reprinted anything since 2009 now. So we're going to do that. We're going to make patches and back patches and uh, new hoodies and shirts and you name it. Uh, gotta have them, you know.
0: <laughs> what has been hosting Norway's Headbanger Ball like?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was cool in the beginning, I guess. It felt kind of weird though to be you know on MTV and all the crap that they have on there. Yeah, all the crap they send. But it's um, I agreed to do it because I thought I could actually make a difference and get the kids to listen to some decent metal instead of all the play on the radio and other stations uh, on television but um so in the beginning i was more or less my own uh, producer as well i picked the music and uh, had a damn good time and uh, met a lot of cool bands and artists but after a while i got a producer that kind of was more into um more into hardcore and uh, that kind of stuff, more than me at least. And, and that, then I kind of lost the feeling for the show. So I, when I was forced to kind of like play uh, 10 videos of bands that I didn't like, it wasn't that fun anymore. So <laughs> I guess I wasn't uh, the right guy for the job after all. I, I find it funny when I can do my own thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was fun for a while, but I don't so great. It. it ended. It was good. It was good while it lasted.
0: Are you a fan of any horror movies?
1: I guess. Uh, yeah. Evil Dead is an all-time favorite. And uh, the first Nightmare on Elm Street and some that kind of stuff. But um, horror movies. Now, I don't watch much horror movies, actually. Not anymore. It was not like when I was younger. But uh, I like them, of course, yeah.
0: You ever have any interest in writing music for soundtracks to horror movies at all?
1: That would have been awesome. That would have been a real real kick. I would love that. then you can experience so much with moods and instruments and everything. so that would have been a real good thing to do.
0: If you could star in a horror movie, what kind of character would you want to be?
1: <laughs> the bad guy, of course. <laughs> I guess that would be the most fun thing to do, be the creep you want. (laughs) What kind of beers do uh, you
0: and uh, your friends in Blood Tsunami like to drink?
1: When we're abroad, we like to try out uh, local beers. Uh, Of course, that's always fun to taste different kind of beers. But uh, while we're at home, we usually drink... uh, the Norwegian brand from, from Oslo, and, um just because it's all in every shop, you know, and it's also a quite good beer. We also drink a lot of Danish beer up here in Norway, like uh, Tuborg and Carlsberg and that kind of stuff. Every now and then I buy German beer, so Heineken and Becks, and, yeah. Maybe mostly lager beer, though. I don't drink much uh, ale. Every now and then I buy a Guinness, but that's not often. What's your favorite thing to do that's not music-related? Oh, that's not much, actually. Everything I do is more or less music-related. But uh, I guess uh, just hanging out with the kids, with my kids. I spend a lot of time with my kids when I'm at home. So that's more or less what I do. I I do music or I'm with my family. And uh, I like being with friends, go out drinking, go to concerts, that's music related though, but still. And um, going to the movies every now and then. I like, uh, yeah. But anyway, no matter what I do, I always think about music. So, (laughs) I feel like... Everything I do in my spare time is music related somehow because I always get something I riff for a song or a lyric busting in my head non-stop so <laughs> It's a curse and a blessing What
0: has been like your most hallowed memory as a musician?
1: Getting signed for the first time that was a big experience I will also remember that so I guess having holding your first release my first release was a 7-inch single, so that I always remember the first time I hold that from came from the press. So that's uh, something I treasure. What release was that? The 7-inch? Oh, well, that was with the band Hellride. That must have been back in uh, 97 or something. I played in bands ages before anything happens. So the uh, first release wasn't until 97 or 98, I can't remember. 98 was it? That was a seven-inch uh, EP, actually, four songs with a band called Hell Ride. It was uh, heading for Hell, <laughs> that was the type of the EP. So, uh, yeah, cool punk rock with a metal edge to it. This is Pete Evil of Blood Tsunami, and you're listening to WNSC on 90.3.